Hello and welcome to this NLive's Open for Business podcast platform. My name is Adrian Price, the guy from the university, as I keep saying, with the perfect face for radio. And I host a show every Tuesday from 7 to 9 p.m. called Open for Business. Open for Business celebrates the very best of business in Northampton and Northamptonshire and brings together business, civic, charity and indeed academic leaders to talk about the business environment, to talk about initiatives and projects, especially where, they're, where they are all working together for the good of the community. So enjoy these extended interviews on this podcast. They're now set up as a standalone for you to savour and uh, to learn from some of the movers and shakers in the county. Enjoy. Well, under lockdown, we have been staying at home. We've been good people, it seems like, and um, of course, not been able to go out. And even if we went out, there was really nowhere to go with all the pubs and restaurants and bars closed. So that's now changing. We're easing out of lockdown. I'm delighted to welcome on the show now um, one of our local, um, uh, what's the word, local hospitality uh, specialists and gurus here, Paul McManus from McManus Taverns. Paul, welcome, and I bet you're glad to be open again. Is that right? Mm. Now, thank you, Adrian. Yes, we are. Yeah, it was, uh, it was trepidation, really. We, we were all a bit, if we were honest, we were a bit nervous because it wasn't going to be opening to normality, what we were used to. Um, so we, the preparation uh, to open was quite intense, really. And we wanted, we wanted our staff who had been furloughed to be confident and understand the new rules which they've been fantastic with, you know, they've really engaged and uh, been responsible uh, in helping us open safely. How do they so feel about, about it, by the way? How do they feel about it in terms of their own risk? Are they sort of young people and they feel sort of kind of immune well, to it or they're it, very cautious? It's, it's quite surprising, really, because we, we bought a load of PPE and we gave them the choice. Uh, so he said, initially, we're going to give you the choice if you want to wear them. And we've had a mixed bag, really. I'll go into some of our pubs and none of the staff want to wear them. And I go into some of the, some of the pubs and nearly all the staff are wearing them. And, and, they're, and they're young. So I think it's a personal choice. Um, the staff don't get close to you, really. Uh, obviously, when they're delivering food to you, it is at arm's length. And what we do is say there's a table of six because we do maximum sixes now and then the staff will pass the food down and you'll pass it around a bit like you probably your mum did at home <laughs> years ago so the, the staff don't have to get close we've got um acrylic screens on the bar we've got an app an order at the table app so you know the movement of customers around the pub is less uh, they only have to go to the toilet, really. We, we do table service. So it, it is quite a relaxed... We're trying to make it a relaxed atmosphere because, of course, people still want to enjoy themselves. But then we, we don't want to be uh, the cause of a transmission rate going up. So we want to ensure that's safe. But at the same time, people feel, I'm relaxed, I'm safe here, I'm, I'm enjoying myself, I'm eating, I'm here for a couple of hours and I've got my space I'm with my family and friends and I'm happy. So we, we've managed to get that, but it, it took a lot of preparation really leading up to it. And we, in the preparation, we didn't have a date, a firm date. It was, I think it was, it was sometime in July. So it was quite hard to work to it. But now that we're fully open, it's, uh, it's a, the anxiety has gone away because mm. uh, it's less anxiety because people seem to be engaging 
safely with each other. What what our... what other things did you do then? I mean, you know, to to create that two meter spacing. You've had you've had to rearrange the furniture, or yes, yeah, we've had to take furniture out and put it in storage. Um, we've moved furniture around. We've um, put. Uh, screens at the bar we put queuing systems so so you've got um feet uh feet marks on the floors and it tells you where to stand to get served and then uh, a bit like when you queue to get into a supermarket uh but to lessen that so that's uh, we there's three ways to get a drink really there's table service by, by staff there's app service where you order and pay at the table with your app and note you table number and the, the drinks arrive by magic uh, and then there's going to the bar so we've tried to flatten that uh you know what used to be sometimes you'd walk into a pub and you know you'd be three deep at the bar wouldn't you in you know probably busy times whereas now it's we, we've flattened that where where people are mainly being served at the table and can go to the bar if they if they wish to mm. so there's less people and there's, there's no Standing really, you can't. If you can't vertical drink at the minute, is the government rules really? Okay. Yeah. Um, and how has trade then kept up? Because if you, if you've had to reduce capacity a little bit, you know, have you had yeah. to adjust your expectations, your budget, or in fact, are people overcompensating yeah. in some ways? Well, actually, yeah, we we adjusted our budgets that we wouldn't be as busy as before because we couldn't fit as many people in. Um, but these the, over the two weeks that we've opened the, the pubs, we opened them. Uh, you know, sort of two by two so that we could do it properly. And we found it's busier than we thought. And I think the reason for that is people have got a bit of cabin fever. They've not, they've doing their own washing up for the last three months. They want to be looked after and go out and enjoy themselves. So we have had a bit of a surge. And, you know, at, at times we've had to say to people, we've actually got, you know, there's no more tables. You know, you need to probably wait half an hour. Not that, you know, Probably only the Brampton Holt was was that one that had to do that, but um, I think it will flatten out. I think that that's the initial, you know, when some from lockdown, when something new opens, when we're allowed to do something, we seem to want to do it, don't we? Straight away, <laughs> get back to do. It. But I think it will it will flatten out a bit, and then uh, the concern is then how will winter be? You know, so we've still got bumps in the road to sort of navigate. I think. Yeah. Your estate is a mixture of sort of town drinking pubs and country dining pubs, I yeah. guess. But what, what is the yeah. McManus proposition? You know, what do you want to be known for? What do our listeners, I'm sure they know you already, but how would you sum up the McManus proposition? We want to be known for good quality. We, we look after our buildings. Um, so we, keep, we keep, uh, keep them in good condition. Uh, when we can, we refurbish them. Uh, a big thing is our staff. Um, over the last 10 years, uh, our training regime has, has come on leaps and bounds. You know, we, have, um, we do online training portals with them through a company called CPL. We do um, on-the-job training. We've got um, our own training manager. Uh, so it's, for us, it's getting the right people, having lovely-looking pubs, and then giving that great service with where we can local produce and um, the giving giving people a great atmosphere when they come to our pub. So we're, it's uh, I know people try and sum things up in three words. So you know it's a good good fun friendly 
local pubs okay. with great food and great food and the great food what's the secret to the great food uh great chefs and great produce and and, and well-maintained equipment so uh, a chef can't cook with a broken oven so you, you gotta you gotta give them the tools uh you you give them uh, autonomy to help you with menus. I mean, now with allergen regulations, uh, we, we've got a, a system called Kitchen Cuts. So what we do is we put all the ingredients into this software portal. We put a method of how it's cooked. And so our customers can come to the pub. Uh, they can go onto this uh, Kitchen Cuts and, and see what, what allergens are in all the food. So there's obviously with times moving on into them sort of safety uh, realms of keeping people safe but at the same time you want a flair you want a lovely dish and some of the most simple dishes you know are the best ones aren't they no absolutely no. how important is local produce to to the chain it, we, we very important we really try and um you know like, like there's cobbler's nibble cheese there's uh bricksworth pate there's um the uh, Saxby Cider, Phipps IPA, all them sort of local artisan. We've got a baker uh, in Silverstone. So everything, um, where you can, um, it's nice to get uh, things locally, definitely. Mm -hmm. so, but of course, logistically, sometimes it, they come from other counties, dare I say. <laughs> oh dare you say indeed well what are what are you seeing as the big trends then i mean obviously this is quite a shock this year uh, unprecedented times but in general what was happening in the sort of food and drink in terms of major trends that you've been detecting um people i think people are going out less but when they go out they want to spend more so they're not just you know you'll get different different people doing different things but generally people want when they do spend their money they want really good value for it but they want high quality so i mean to me if you if you've seen a droopy banner outside a pub saying sunday lunch three pound 99 you're sort of going to think that's not going to be that nice mm. and people work hard for their money so they are prepared to pay for what you know for for good quality but they don't want it overpriced they want it correctly priced so when we're pricing things, we have to do it correctly and, you know, and keep our business afloat at the same time. And, um, but people do, when you, so, so say years ago, you might go out every, every weekend. Now I think people go out less, but when they go out, they spend more. You know, they want it as a good occasion, something to remember and be worth going out for. Yeah, I think that fits. Although austerity, I mean... I guess we've stopped going to all the top name fancy Michelin restaurants, you know, going down to something yeah. to say good value for money. Um, we deserve a treat, don't we, every so often, right? Yeah. We do work hard, you know, we're not going to stop treating ourselves, I think, even in the terrible no. times we're facing. Well, that's it. You know, you know, the things have to give. I know, I know and it, you know, sadly, if we get job losses in, in all sectors, um, you know, that's going to be very sad and hard to cope with. Um, there'll be things that go like holidays and maybe they, you know, they will keep eating out and sacrifice a holiday. I think everyone's done their DIY in lockdown. So <laughs> yeah, there's no excuse now. <laughs> you can go out for a meal now. Um, 
but um yeah it's i think people would save up for that treat you know you know for for me if i'd i'd rather go out for one great experience than than you know three sort of mediocres yeah no i i i'm sure many people would concur with that how has COVID affected you personally? Have you worked harder or less hard than before? Well, I mean, you know, I enjoyed, I think we should have had a bit of, we probably could have had April off, but you know, you sort of keep working on your business to try and, you know, we thought eventually we we're going to open. So let's do some, let's do some decorating and stuff. <laughs> um, not that I'm a decorator by any means, but um, I had to organize stuff like that. And um, so, but I did enjoy lockdown because it was it was a it was a bit of still time with family and just be you know walking around your local area. It was it, but I did like it. I think it was a bit of a reset button for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, of course, it's it was scary because obviously you know you don't want your family and friends to get ill. But uh, you know it it had benefits, didn't it? it? Had silver linings, I think. I think it did. Yeah, many people have said that, both you know, in the personal lives, but also in the business, the the sort of innovation and I don't know, trusting people yeah. to do do the right thing. I mean, what's the yeah. management style in McManus Tavern? So you've got what eighteen pubs in the estate. Um, you know, yeah. are you a micromanager on top of all your your pub managers? Do you give them a lot of freedom and initiative? We do, we do. Yeah, we we give them freedom. So so yeah, there'll be a manager for each pub. Um, some of the original wet lead pubs that we owe, we've owned for the last 50 years, um, we, we call them managing agents. And, and what they do is they get a percentage of the sales and they, and they employ the staff. But they're pubs that probably don't do a lot of food, if at all. Mm. Um, and then the other pubs, we employ the managers direct. And then we've got an, uh, you know, a central team of uh, three area managers, we call them BDMs, business development managers. Uh, there's myself and Gary, the owners of the business, so we sort of get get stuck in in all areas really. Uh, uh, but we've got a good good team now uh, that are hungry. Uh, we've got some brilliant managers that have been with us over ten years. I mean, we've got a lot of our staff. I could count five staff, like our finance director has been with us twenty years. Our stock taker, Carmel, she's been with us 30 years. Um, our assistant accountant has been with us 20 years. We've got three, four, five managers over 10 years. So, that, you know, it's a, once we try and keep people and, and, and uh, you know, be fair with people. Mm. Is, it, did you and, is it your brother, Gary, started the business? No, no, my mum, when I was nine months old, Gary was eight years old and my three sisters, my mum and dad, my dad worked at Bostrom's cab seating in, uh, I think it was Spinney Hill and my mum was a dinner lady and we lived on Kingsley Park Terrace and um, they, my dad always wanted his own business and uh, so they went for an interview, what would have been Carlsberg Brewery now, it was Phipps Brewery then in 1970 and they they moved into the thomas Beckett. it was called the green man then and so we were like kids with it you know that i didn't know any different because i i grew up i was nine months old so that was my i I only knew about living in a pub till i was about i think i lived in a house when i was about 19 i'd always lived in a pub then so yeah my my brother gary took over the running of the business in the late 80s 
know, when he developed Barrett's Club in 1987. So, and my parents uh, retired in 1997. So, myself and Gary have been running the business since then on our own. How do you split the, the responsibilities? Do you both do a bit of everything or do you have clear difference? Gary's more entrepreneurial. So he, he's, he's the one who eyes up, you know, a new business and he deals with uh, the brewers and the banks. And then I'm more the people person dealing with the managers, uh, the people side of it. Mm. And you've got some, well, you've got you know, many. I, I, the one I know, gosh, is it Lamport? I can't remember. I should know. Yes. Yeah, Lamport Swan. Yeah. The Lamport Swan, of course. Yeah. Um, the Wigan Pen in the town centre. Uh, yeah, we've had any, that twice, the Wigan Pen. <laughs> <laughs> any others you'd like to mention? I mean, you, could, you perhaps you should run through them all just very quickly so we all know what we're talking about. And if there's one close to you, you want to help the local economy, pop in and say hello. The Brampton Holt, uh, the Fox and Hounds in Kingsthorpe. Barrett's Club, um, the Sapica and Phipps, the Jackal and Hyde, the Crown and Anchor, Urban Tiger, Wing and Pen, Golden Horse, Thomas Beckett, Foundryman's Arms, Lord Byron. Uh, we've got two in Southend, Mariner's Court and the Oakley and Leon Sea. Uh, so we used to have six in Southend, but we uh, sold four. So uh, yeah, Northampton's a uh, bit of a stomping ground that we've been for years. Oh, I didn't realise you had places outside of the county. Okay, that's that's good. That means somebody has to travel up and down from time to time. Then I guess. Yeah, yeah. My my uh, my my Gary's uh, son Tom looks after them. So it's bit quite a few family members in the business. And is Urban Tiger the one? Have I got this right? On the Wellingborough Road. Yes. Yeah, Abington Square. And that's the uh, the club, right? In the evening. Yes. Yeah, that, we, we, we haven't opened, reopened that yet. We'll probably look at that in September sometime. Okay, right. Mm. Well, a very mixed estate. And at Barrett's Club, then, that is a different concept, is it? You have to be a member, or is that um, open to anyone to pop in? Uh, it, it is membership, but um, it's free, free membership. And um, we have snooker, pool, table tennis, but table tennis isn't operating at the minute because of COVID. Uh, we've got 25 big screens for sports. I've uh, got a, look, a great burger pizza menu, and um, yeah, Barracks Club is quite a phenomenon, really. It's it's 30 years old this year, uh, and it started in um, Barracks Shoe Factory. So it's actually, it actually sits in that in in what was Barracks Shoe Factory. But um, yeah, it's it, it's one of them places that you. You could go with your granddad, or you could go with your, you know, two eighteen-year-olds. Could go. It's very, it's fierce for everybody, really. Well, I've never been in, so I need to pop in. Well, Paul, it's, yeah, no, absolutely. I want to get out again. I, I've saved up some money, not taking the family out for the last two years. <laughs> so I think there's a little bit that we can treat ourselves. Well, look, it's been yeah. fascinating to talk to you, Paul. Great insight there into one of the most successful hospitality businesses in the um, the town and. Um, County, you're very upbeat. I think about the future, despite some of the challenges. And um, you know, I urge everybody to go because the 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 buildings, the the pubs and bars, and restaurants. I do know. I've always been very impressed with the high quality. Didn't always realise actually that you know McManus was behind it because you they all each do have their own identity, don't they? In many ways, they do. Yeah, yeah. which is I think a, a good testimony too. So, is there any sort of uh, closing message you'd like to share with our listeners, Paul? Well. 
don't don't be afraid to come out it's safe in the pubs and we'll look after you we'll make sure you're safe we're doing a lot of lot of work to make sure you're safe and come and have a good time fantastic what a way to end so Paul McManus, one of our actually local food champions, and I think my listeners know how, uh, how closely associated and a big fan of our local food businesses, but do support our local businesses. And um, you know, if you do think you deserve a little treat, pop into one of the McManus pubs. What's the website, Paul, for people to have a good look at uh, the office? It's www.mcmanuspub.co.uk. www.mcmanuspub, singular. Singular, yeah. All right, mcmanuspub.co.uk. Paul, thank you ever so much. Keep up the good work and keep safe. Thank you. Thank you, Adrian. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed that interview. There are plenty more here on the podcast platform. And of course, you can always listen on uh, live on Tuesday evenings from 7 to 9 p.m. on NLive Radio 106.9 FM or digitally via nliveradio.com. Um, if you'd like to know more about the radio station, please do look at nliveradio.com. And um, we're always looking for support from the community and further afield. So if you'd like to support us, please go to nliveradio.com slash support us. So until next time, thank you very much again for listening.